who abides in the word of God doesn't stand in the counsel of the ungodly nor in the path of the sinners nor sit in the seat of the scorn but the one who dwells stays rooted in the things of God it's going to be like a tree rooted down deep getting by the rivers of water it has all that it needs to blossom and it says that for that person who stays rooted even in the midst of uncertainty the person who stays rooted all that they do will prosper Roots are essential for plants to grow and thrive. They anchor themselves in good soil, absorbing the water and nutrients the plant needs. And the deeper the roots grow, the stronger the plants will be when they face the droughts and storms that come their way. Today, Pastor Daniel reminds you that people are like those plants. We need our roots to grow down deep in the Lord so that we can be nourished, able to stand confidently and not be shaken. Now, Here's Pastor Daniel in Psalm 27 as he continues his message, Settled Confidence. That's where this starts, is that the Lord is light and salvation and strength. And really what David begins this this beautiful psalm with is a reminder that if God is for us, All sorts of things can be against us, but because God is for us, we're going to be just fine. He says, the Lord is my light, which means that when I don't know the way, I know the God who is light, and in him is no darkness at all. In God, there's no shadow of turning, and because of that, even when I don't know what the future holds, I know him who is light. Not only is he our light, he's our salvation. I love this, that God is our salvation, even Jesus' own name right? It literally means Jesus, the Lord, our salvation. Jesus is a contraction of Jehoshua, Yahweh Shua, God, our salvation. And, and really, because God is our salvation and because God is our light, then it also says that God is my strength. And David, as a great word, he knew what it was like to have people coming against him. The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom I shall be afraid. One of the things they say Uh, scholars and theologians tell us about the Lord is that the Lord is omnipotent. The the Lord is all powerful. God has all the potency, right? And because God is the strength of our life, David is saying, because of who the Lord is, why am I afraid? Now, that's an important question, I think, isn't it? For each one, because I I realize, listen, in uncertain times, there's lots of reasons to be fearful, isn't there? There's lots of questions that come up. How is this going to work out? But David keeps reminding us that because of who the Lord is, we should not be afraid at all. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me. To eat of my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumble and fell. When, when my enemies come against me because of the war, I'm fine. Though a whole army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. And my friends, listen. We need to learn how to introduce our fear to our Lord. 
We need to introduce our fear and we need to introduce our fear to Jesus. Like, here you go. Meet my savior who conquered sin and death because literally Jesus himself is the cure for the things that we're fearful about. When you realize that whatever you're worried about, God is your light. God is your strength. God is your salvation. If God can forgive you of the very mistakes that you've made, then God can do anything. And there's no reason to fear because of who the Lord is. Now, here's the key, I think, for each one of us. Because like, it's, it's a powerful biblical principle. But when push comes to shove, in the times that we're afraid, we need to grab hold of these verses. Here's what we do. I want, I want you to take your pen. I want you to circle this in your Bible. If you're watching, if you're reading this online, I want you to highlight these verses. Because when we are confronted by things that make us nervous, when we have anxiety, when we have fear, at that point, we have to remind ourselves that our God is light and our God is strength and our God has already finished the work of salvation. When Jesus was on the cross, what did he say? He said to tell us that he said, it's finished. He's not saying it's almost finished. He's like, the work has been done. Salvation has been bought in my own body on the cross. And if God can save a sinner like me and call me a child of God, then anything else that is in front of me, it's big, but it's not that big. And if God can take care of my sin, he can take care of anything else. We want to have that settled confidence in the Lord because who the Lord is drives out the fear in our lives. Now, notice what he says next. This is Psalm 27, picking up in verse 4. It says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. My friends, you and I, when we're fearful, when we're anxious, when things are uncertain, we need to learn how to stay rooted. We need to learn how to stay rooted. See, David, in all these things that are going on in his life, he's like, there's one thing that I desire to the Lord. There's one thing that I'm seeking. I want to dwell in God's house all the days of my life. He's like, I want to stay rooted in the things of God every single moment of every single day. I want to be rooted in the Lord. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. I love that. David realizes that by dwelling in God's tabernacle, being in God's house, he gets to behold the beauty of his Lord, who is light, and who is his strength, and who is his salvation. And he's saying, and I want to be able to inquire at his temple. In the time of trouble, I know that my God is going to be, uh, he's going to hide me in the pavilion. He's going to hide me in the secret place of his tabernacle. He's going to set me high upon a rock. David is saying, I need to make sure that it, whatever goes on, I stay rooted. Now you got to realize that for David, David lived in very violent times. He was a great warrior. Obviously, they sing that crazy song about David, that he can get more foreskins of the Philistines than Saul. I've never heard that song. I've never heard a church sing that song in worship. I'm kind of hoping that the Crosswoods Worship Ministry, the responding, would actually take that song about Saul getting a thousand foreskins and David getting 10,000. We write a song about it. We could sing it together in church. Wouldn't that be awkward? Awkward. That'd be the most awkward. But David was a great warrior. He's got all this stuff and there's, and this war going on and intrigue going on. David at times was running for his life. But even in the midst of such times of high anxiety, such times of uncertainty, 
David is saying, look, I want to stay rooted. I want my heart to be at home in the things of God. And this reminds me, of course, of Psalm number one. What a beautiful psalm. Listen to what it says, Psalm one, verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love that. The person who abides in the word of God doesn't stand in the counsel of the ungodly, nor in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scorn, but the one who dwells, stays rooted in the things of God, it's going to be like a tree rooted down deep, getting by the rivers of water. It has all that it needs to blossom. And it says that for that person who stays rooted, even in the midst of uncertainty, the person who stays rooted, all that they do will prosper. That they'll be fruitful in all the ways God wants them to be fruitful. And I believe that's what God wants for each one of us. And don't think that this is an Old Testament promise. Listen to what Jesus himself said in John chapter 15. I'm going to take verses 4 and 5 and then also verse 9. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And then verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so you will be my disciples. See, Jesus is saying, I want you to stay rooted in me. I want you to abide in me and and I'm going to abide in you. He's saying, just as a branch can't bear any fruit if it's not attached to the vine, to the trunk, he's like, neither can you. Without me, you can do nothing. See, my friends, Jesus doesn't want us to have confidence in ourselves, abiding in ourselves. He's saying, I want you to have a settled confidence in me, who I am, what I've done. And as you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And he says, and by this, my father is glorified. See, God is glorified when we choose to stay rooted, especially when we're in times of high anxiety, especially in times of uncertainty, especially when we're feeling ourselves overwhelmed with fear. When we stay rooted in Jesus, then our life begins to bear fruit because just the way fruit is born in a tree, all the proper things need to be there. You need that sunlight. You you need the water to be there. You need all the nutrients so that the fruit can grow. And the only way for us to be able to bear true fruit unto eternal life is for us to abide in Jesus. And we abide in Jesus by putting our faith and trust in him and then finding our nourishment in Christ. Now, I realize that each one of us, you know, we're all on a journey. I love to say that everyone's on a different step of their journey, right? And for some people, you said yes to Jesus, and right now you are you are finding all of your nourishment spiritually in Jesus, and you have that settled confidence, and you need to stay right there. Others of us, we've said yes to Jesus, right? So we believe in Jesus, but we're actually not rooted in him right now. We're, we're not spending time with the Lord. We're not serving the Lord. We're, we're busy running after other things, and if that's you right now, God's saying, listen, I want you to come abide in me. Without me, you can do nothing. Your five-year plan apart from me, you might get what you want and it won't be what you want because you're not bearing fruit that gives my Father glory. And so God is saying, listen, I want you to stay rooted. And there's others of you right now, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. 
And the only way you can be rooted and be like that well-watered tree, only, the only way for you can uh, bear the fruit that gives God glory is to be in Christ, to put your faith and trust in, Je- in Jesus, and then to abide within him. So you and I, you want to have settled confidence, you need to stay rooted. You might right now be one of those people who you're looking at your life right now, and you believe in Jesus, but you don't have any settled confidence, because although you believe in Jesus, you're not rooted right now. And what I've learned is that when I sense that I am straying, maybe when I'm not being rooted in the way that I know I ought to be, I start catching myself getting real fearful, being really worried because I got my eyes on the natural as opposed to that God can do anything. And so if that's you, listen, no judgment. God is inviting you just to come on back and get rooted again. And maybe that's your prayer right now. Say, Lord, will you Root me afresh in Jesus. Help me to abide in Jesus. Lord, do the work that you want to do in my life right here, right now. Because we need to stay rooted just the way David is here. Now, as we continue in Psalm 27, look what it says in verse 6. It says, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. You know what I love about this? What we learn here is that you and I, we need to seek his face and rejoice. We need to seek the Lord's face and then we rejoice. See, I love this because really we have in all these verses... We have David is rejoicing because he is committed to seeking the Lord no matter what happens, right? It says, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. He's saying that God's going to do a great work in my life. I'm going to be honored above my enemies. And he says, therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacles. Verse six, I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So, so he knows that because he's staying rooted in the Lord, right? And he knows that God is his light and God is his strength and God is his salvation. He's like, I know that God's going to do a work. I know that God's going to honor me. And, and because of that, I'm going to offer the sacrifice of joy. Now you realize that joy is a disposition of the heart that knows that God is good. Right? Even when you're not experiencing, even when all this stuff's going on, David knows that his God is a good God. So he chooses to, to, to give God the offering, the sacrifice of joy. Say, I'm going to sing praises to God. Why is he doing it? Notice. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. And he says, when you said, Lord, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. My friend, listen. I want you to really hear this. This is important. No matter where you are on your faith journey right now, whether you've been walking with Jesus forever or you're just here because someone's shared the service and you're watching it right now. Listen, God is saying to you, seek my face. And deep in the depths of your soul, because God has placed eternity in your hearts, your soul is crying out, 
Lord, your face I want to seek. And I want to encourage you just to simply respond to the most eternal and pure thing about you, which is the eternity that God has placed in your heart. God wants you to know who he is. God has done everything except force himself on you for you to know who he is. And right now, God wants you to respond to his desire for you to know him by saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to seek your face. And I, I, I look back on my journey with Jesus because I didn't grow up following Jesus. I didn't grow up, you know, reading the scriptures. I didn't grow up being like, man, I want to, I want my life to honor God. I want to find my nourishment in Jesus. I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. But I look back now on, especially those early years when I was responding to God's invitations to, to know him. You know, I, and I'm just so grateful to the Lord that for whatever reason at that time, I was simple enough, naive enough to say, man, okay, God wants me to know him. God's inviting me into a relationship. Okay, I'm going to take this step. Right, because some, you know, very easily I could have thought myself out of it. There were seasons when I was overthinking everything, but when push comes to shove, God desires a relationship with his creation. God doesn't want to be an absentee landlord. For some people, that's their experience. God create everything and he's, and he's absent. God doesn't want to be an absentee landlord. God is inviting us. This God saying, listen, will you seek my face? And David's response is, Lord, my heart is saying, your face, God, I'm going to seek. And we need to choose to seek the Lord. Now, if you don't believe me that God wants to have a relationship with you, listen to what it says in Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. It says, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Now, know what I love about that? It's saying that God created everybody, all descendants of Adam and Eve, right? And God has given us pre-appointed times for our lives and our dwellings, where we live and all this stuff. Why? That we might seek, it says it, that we might seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him. And for each one of us as finite beings, part of our response to God is to kind of grope for God. The, the picture is like you're, you're in the dark and you don't know where something is and you're just reaching out and you're groping for God. That's our response to who God is. And then it's beautiful because it says, though he is not far from each one of us. No matter where you are on your faith journey right now, God is not far from you. But God is asking for us to simply respond to his invitation to seek his face. And as we seek it, we're kind of groping to God. Lord, may I know you. And when you take that step, God is not far from you. God wants you to seek his face. He's inviting you to do it. And as your heart responds with a yes, and you get to know the Lord, then all of a sudden, God begins to transform our lives. So I don't know where you are on your journey, but I get the sense right now that there are a number of you, it's been a long time since you seek the Lord. It's been a long time since you even reached out your hands to grope for God. But what's beautiful is God wants you to seek him. God wants you to know him. God is not just playing hide and seek with you, like trying to fake you out. It's not like, where's Waldo? God is near to you right now. 
And God loves you. God created you. God sustained you. God's seen every piece of your journey. He, he doesn't not know what's going on with you. He's numbered every single hair on your head. I just imagine that. That's how intimately acquainted God is with you. He knows not only every interaction you've had with every person. He knows every motivation behind every interaction you've ever had. He knows all of it together. And God is saying, I want not only to be known, but I want you to know that I see you and I know you. And we need to learn how to seek the Lord's face and then respond with joy. Because I love this. In verse 9, David is just saying, Lord, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. Even when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. I think that that's a word for a number of us because oftentimes when our family does not is not there for us when they hurt us. You know, the family was God's design to be the primary discipling unit in our lives. And so much of what we experience is an outgrowth of what we saw with our families. And for many of you, I'm so sorry that your families were not there for you. Your parents forsook you. They hurt you. They abused you. This is real things. And I'm so sorry. But even when your family is horrendous, God will be your father. God will do a work of redemption. Even though everyone leaves you alone, God loves you like a father does. A good father, the right type of father, a holy father, a father who cares and looks out. And of course, even when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. That's who our God is. And so when we seek his face, we can rejoice because he's amazing. Then it says this, Psalm 27, picking up in verse 11, it says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. My friends, what we learn in these verses is that hope births courage. Hope births courage. Now, now that word courage, it, it really speaks of when we are afraid, when we choose to take that step of faith, that's what courage is. Courage is the way we act in the face of adversity, in the face of fear. And really what you have is because of David's settled confidence in the Lord, even in such great hardship and adversity, he realizes that this hope that is birthing up in his heart, it births courage so that he can move forward. I love what he says. Verse, verses 13 and 14 are light verses for me. But I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel wrapped up this series that was all about how to cultivate an unstoppable hope in your life. He shared that this kind of hope is rooted in your perspective, in keeping your eyes on the Lord, knowing that He's with you now and you will be with Him in heaven someday. This is what will give you the courage to move forward in the face of your fears. 
Your hope and trust are in Jesus, the only solid foundation there is. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to let you know that you're going to make it. In my latest book, You're Going to Make It, Unlocking Resilience When Life is a Mess, I unpack the keys to living with a deeply biblical resilience. You will explore how to blossom during times of suffering, fear and worry, and stress. And in this messy world, these keys are invaluable. Get your copy now at JesusIsReal.com. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thanks for joining Pastor Daniel through this series. As you already heard from Pastor Daniel, he's authored a new book that will take you even deeper into this topic of unstoppable hope. It's called You're Gonna Make It. You can find out more at danielfusco.com. It'll help you not just barely survive life, but actually thrive in what God's calling you to do. It's a challenge to keep a hopeful perspective in a hopeless world, and we're excited to share this resource with you. Again, go to danielfusco.com for more information and to order. You're gonna make it. That's it for today. Join us next time for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.